0: Welcome back to the Podcast. This is your host, Gordon. And today joining me is Hal Armstrong. And uh, Hal, we got a show that's uh, right up your alley because uh, you got one of these sleds this year, a brand new uh, you know, 21 uh, uh, Matrix. Um, and today we have Marty Sampson from Polaris Industries on the phone talking to us about this product. So, Hal, we're, we're very fortunate to have uh, a guy of uh, Marty's uh, caliber uh, coming on and talking to us about the lineup. I mean, you just don't get this kind of information from from anywhere really the, the 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 magazines and the television shows they all get their information from guys like marty he's the one that gives them the the information and, and you know as as you and i were in the, in the magazine industry you, you know we do with it what we do with all of his information so um tell us um how did you enjoy your uh, your uh, 21 uh this here uh hi gord uh, yeah thanks uh
1: Got my matrix a uh, little bit later in the season, but uh, this year I spec'd out a uh, the 650 BR1 after riding the uh, 850 for the last couple of years. And um, overall, the sled, uh, you know, it was uh, it, it delivered everything that Polaris uh, had said it would deliver. I rode these back last a year ago in January in uh, northern Minnesota and was really impressed with the. Uh, the new Matrix uh, bodywork, ergonomics, and everybody's heard a lot about that. And uh, if you actually had a chance to ride one, uh, you definitely could uh, notice the difference, how much more uh, easier it was to move around on the snowmobile. So that's all been said. Uh, Reliability-wise, I haven't had any issues. Uh, Phenomenal on fuel, which was one of the things the Polaris had uh, identified, the 650, uh, being on and oil consumption, uh, you know, really, really uh, economical. And uh, the other thing that was really nice about it was you didn't have to run 91 octane and 650 motor. It was built to run on 85 octane. And so if you got into a situation where you couldn't get premium pump gas, you didn't have any issues. The yeah. 7S display that's on it is uh, it's amazing. Absolutely. You know, it's, it is uh, probably the jewel uh, info center and in snowmobiling right now. There's just nothing out there like it. It's easy to use. It's intuitive. Every feature on it is you actually use it. Um, there's no gimmicks. Um, so uh, the whole package uh, was really uh, was uh, really well put together. You know, for a first year model snowmobile, a lot of people are usually a little gun shy on, on ordering one. But I think overall, most people that that did buy one and uh i think polaris pretty well sold out of them um as everybody did this year in the industry um was was happy with what they got so uh 2022 looks like uh, they're going to improve on 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 the matrix they've expanded the model lineup we're going to hear more from marty on that um everybody of course by now has already you know seen all the 2022s but the opportunity to talk to marty who is uh one of the key people in the uh, snow division at Polaris is going to be uh, really great. So we're going to ask him, uh, you know, some, some of the hard questions, some of the easy questions and uh, see what he's got to say. And hopefully the listeners will, you know, if they're thinking of snow checking a Polaris um, it'll make their decision on that much
0: easier. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Let's uh, let's get Marty on the line. He's probably sitting in the office uh, waiting for us his, uh, uh, it's the uh, end of the day in uh, in Minnesota, so let's give him a call and uh, and get him on get him on the line here. Calling Marty Sampson from Polaris Industries. He is in Roseau, Minnesota. Hello, Marty speaking. Hey, Marty, this is Gorda Van and uh, Hal Armstrong on, on the uh, on the other line there. How you doing? Good. How are you? Excellent. Okay, Hal, so we got uh, Marty Sampson on the line now from uh, Polaris industry. How you doing, Marty?
2: Hey guys, I'm doing great.
0: That's great, great. I, I hope you're uh, you, you, you enjoyed a good uh, winter season. Uh, I think uh, we had uh, one of the better ones. Uh, I know Hal did uh, in Southern Ontario. I didn't uh, in Northern Ontario. I didn't have as good as a one. Um, how'd your season go?
2: Well, um, we got a little bit of a late start around here. I live down in the Minneapolis area, and we got a little bit of a late start. But we had great riding through later January and all through February. I got to uh, I got to put on quite a Few hundred miles right around the west side of the cities, and then took a few trips up into the Wisconsin area, and uh, the trails up there were just spectacular this winter. And you know, with our launch and with my and sitting in my position, I get to travel around some and uh, go ride sleds in other places too. So I got a, I got quite a few really good rides, and especially with the launch of our new lineup in in the mountains this year, I spent quite a bit of time out west. So um, that's always that's always spectacular to get some time in the mountains too.
0: Okay, great. So talk talk to us about your position at, at Polaris. What is your what is your your, your title there, and what do exactly uh, do you do at Polaris Industry?
2: All right. Um, so my position is the Director of Product Planning, and what that really means is um, I basically am delivering the five year the five year outlook for the snow business. So you know everything from what model year twenty two looks like this year, and and the 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 basis for that, if you if you look over the past couple of years, bringing that to market, and then what will our what will our customers and our dealers be looking for next year and the following year and and looking out as far as five, six, seven years, and delivering that um, for our business, making sure that we're on the right path and and really delivering what our customers are asking for, bringing that voice of customer into our into our lineup and into our engineering and into our product plan.
0: Nice, nice. So, um, you say you just fin- finished your, uh, I guess your, uh, your, your sled intros to the media and stuff like that. Uh, you were out in uh, Yellowstone. Uh, how was, how were the conditions out there this year?
2: Yeah, I spent, uh, I spent a few weeks in West Yellowstone this year and riding everything from trail sleds to utility sleds to mountain sleds, and <laughs> kind of a unique spot. Getting, getting awesome trail systems there that get groomed often. Like every night they get out and groom all their trails, and then you get just pretty pretty spectacular mountain riding in those same areas so really really cool to be able to spend time there and get to ride with all the members of the press and especially exciting when we have a model lineup like we launched for model year 22 and just getting to be part of the reaction when people get to see what you're bringing to market is is uh, one of the best parts of my job for sure because you work on it yet you have these 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 viewpoints that you're building out for your customers and you'll work on it for years and years. And then finally you get to bring it to market and show people all of the effort. And um, in a place like West Yellowstone, where you can build um, build on the conversation around mountain sleds and trail sleds and crossover sleds and all, do it all in the same same place in a short amount of time is just kind of truly spectacular for a, for a snowmobile not like me. It's, it's really a privilege.
0: Yeah. Nice. Nice. Okay, Hal, you got a, a question to start off, uh, you know, about maybe the 21 season since uh, you had uh, you had yourself a, a 21 uh, matrix yourself. Uh, right. Yeah.
1: yeah I, Marty, this year I, I had uh, through uh, Snow Tech, I, uh, you know, I write for them. So I was able to get a, a, a I, I picked the 650 because I was really impressed with it when we rode him in Grand Marais, you know, last, the year before. And, uh, and BR1 and, uh, you know, the sled came in late, but I was able to put, uh, you know, I was able to put, uh, just over a thousand miles on it. And, um, machine was, you know, from, from what we wrote, the preseason prototypes to the production model, um, you know, you guys really, you, you, you kept it, uh, you know, from the prototypes to the production, it, it pretty well was the same sled, um, the, you know, the ergos, everybody's raving about the, the new bodywork and the ergos and how much easier it is to ride. And anybody that i let you know, switch from an access to the matrix. I mean, everybody really enjoyed it. And obviously in 22, you guys are, um, you know, expanding the matrix, uh, lineup. So a lot of the, a lot of the new slides, I think a lot of people probably guessed were coming, you know, ahead of time. And I'm sure you're, you're watching the social media a lot. Um, to see what people's reactions were and that. So just, I guess maybe my first question, you know, when you're talking about director of product planning, you know, when you're looking ahead now, how much of a role do all these different Facebook sites, you know, you got a matrix site, you got an XCR site, you got a Polar, you know, all these different social media sites, how big of a role do, do you guys, uh, does that play in influencing, if it has any influence, uh, shaping what's to come down the road? Well, that's a fun question, Hal.
2: And I'm not going to lie, I see your name floating around on those sites, and I always have to see what you're up to and see what you're saying on there. So <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know, it, it's it's pretty cool what social media has done for our industry and a lot of the industries. And you get some really direct feedback on, on your product in a very short amount of time. You don't have to you don't have to wait for a survey to go out to start seeing some of what the customers' reactions. Um, and we definitely pay attention to what's happening across social media in in basically all the different platforms. We have people that that's their job is to is to see what's happening out there um, and to use it uh, to let us know points of view. I'd say that you know over over time i I used to spend a lot of time in the field talking to our dealers, and, and honestly, I still do um, talking to our dealers and talking to customers. Um, you know we still do a lot of survey work, but that social media platform gives you very quick information. And yet you do have to be a little careful with it.. Um, You know, not everybody is exactly who they say they are or or seeing exactly what they say they're seeing, but you definitely see trends and you you can definitely use that information to to have, um, to help shape that process for sure. Um, You know, it was really fun this year as we launched our model year 21 because of COVID and because of the restrictions and how things got shut down last spring, a lot of our customers didn't get to even get to see the snowmobile that they snow checked. And yeah. so we, you know, as sleds started shipping and as the new matrix platform started showing up, um, we, we it was almost impossible for me to not watch and see when people start picking up their sleds and get their reaction. And, and they start posting the reactions and you're like, well, that's what we thought and felt about it. And that's that's how we positioned it and launched it but you see that getting played back you're like yeah it's 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 exactly what these customers were were looking for and delivering on on the things that they've been talking about and the fun part with matrix was as you know you get to look at it so you see it in a picture you see it online and then you get to see it in person and you're like oh that's starting to make sense and then you get to write it and then it really makes sense and this year kind of a two-step process because the sled started showing up and there wasn't snow on the ground in most places and you got that first reaction and then as they got out riding them you got that second reaction to man is this thing effortless and it is so easy to ride and it handles so well and um really fun to see that played back across across our customer base as they got experience on their sleds
0: yeah okay okay Gord. nice okay yeah, um, Marty. So last year this time, you guys introduced the, the Matrix, and, and 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 all all the other manufacturers introduced theirs, and then all of a sudden we got hit with this uh, COVID thing. Um, uh, it, it had to be tough. I mean, I mean, when, when you're you're doing your 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 snow checks and your and your and your you're you're trying to hype up all the customers for this new sled you got coming out and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden, boom, you get hit with uh, with this and um this uh, pandemic and uh, uh r- briefly briefly and, and because it's a long story because we're still living it um <laughs> how did how did it affect how did it affect polaris um and also i mean you guys are also about to probably do doing final calibrations of of the current year race led um for 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 the next year um so i'm I'm sure you know because I mean, the last couple of races were canceled how did that affect the, uh, you know, the, the race sleds? Because uh, you know you you couldn't you couldn't really develop that race sled um, because likely your factories were, were were shutting down. So so briefly tell us how how COVID really affected uh, uh, Polaris Industries and uh, um, did it affect uh, um, deliveries this year uh, for the for the sleds and 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 so on.
2: Yeah, um, well as. As Hal said, he, he sounds like Hal was close to uh, maybe last in line on getting his sled delivered because we, we built much, much later than we anticipated. Um, but going all the way back to last spring, I, I, I can clearly remember we went to the dealer show and nobody really knew what was going on with COVID. So we were all at a dealer show together and it was the, the start of a fist bump or an elbow bump instead of handshaking was really the only difference in the world at that point. Um, but right after the dealer show, that's when everything started to, to, to kind of cave in on COVID and people trying to figure out exactly what it meant for the world around them. Um, thankfully, what we know about snowmobilers is they're pretty optimistic. They, they wait over the summer, they know it's snow, and they're ready to go snowmobiling. And our snow check order session, we, we extended it because of the uncertainty, but the order session uh, went pretty well and i just i just kind of relate that to the whole snowmobile world and you know being a snowmobiler myself my entire life um i know how it works you're just optimistic you're waiting for the snow and it's going to happen and then you get to go do it once it happens and um so we had a pretty good order session through our snow check and then our dealer order and all of that went well but the as time went on it got it became apparent that it was going to affect the world around us. Everything from the commodities like, you know, steels and aluminums to, to all the way down to the parts and our vendor bases and even even in our plants. Um, you know, as as COVID swept through a lot of areas and as the protocols were uh, put in place, it was just dealing with that. So, look you know lowered workforces and people that had to stay in quarantine because they were exposed across all of our across all of our vendor bases and even across some of our our internal plants and it and it slowed everything down and the one thing that I want to just really throw a shout out to here is the team that that builds snowmobiles our manufacturing and our and our purchasing and planning organizations that that figure out how to get everything built in the time that we need to build them, um, I mean, navigating this and figuring it out and how to build sleds and how to get things shipped and and being agile and figuring out how to ship sleds without IFS shocks and having our dealers help us with some of that labor, um, that team just deserves a huge shout out because they navigated that like nothing I've ever seen and it was not easy for them. I know that those teams worked seven days a week for weeks on end trying to Trying to get it all put together, and with reduced workforce and and all kinds of complexities on parts and and uh, and resource. So, the the fact that we were able to get all the sleds built and shipped, you know, some of them later than we would have liked, for sure. And I hate I hate that our that our uh, customers got affected as much in some cases as they did, but. Uh, uh, the team just just pulled out all the stops to get those sleds built and and get them shipped out as quickly as they could with, with the world around us. I'm just super appreciative of that. And yes, it was really tricky and very difficult, but um, the people got the, our customers got their sleds and the sleds delivered everything that they could have could have asked for and and could have wanted. And just super super excited that people got that experience this winter
0: yeah nice nice so so t- tell us about the the uh the highlights again for uh, for us for the 21 season then uh, you introduced the the new matrix um what, what what are what are all the highlights that you had uh, players the uh, lineup had for last year
2: yeah thinking thinking back to 21 a lot of it was around our matrix platform and our new patriot 650 that we launched with matrix so um in the matrix platform we launched Indy VR1, so that was a new trim level, a new upper trim level, and that came with what we what we call the intelligent technologies of Matrix, so items like smart warmers and the 7S display, uh, just, just really raising the level of the, the innovation and the technology on the vehicles. And along with the Indy VR1, we launched Switchback Assault in the Matrix platform and Indy XC in the Matrix platform. So a whole family of sleds, all in that new uh, rider-first ergonomic package that Matrix brings to the snow. So a lot of a lot of exciting news across those lineups from Out of Year Twenty One, and really just I, I think kind of shocked the industry some with the level of technology and the level of uh, functional refinement that those sleds bring.
1: Yeah. Okay, Hal. All right, so I thought maybe uh, we delve into uh, the 22s, and uh, you've got a lot of new models. I think uh, when I watched Chris Wolf's uh, intro, um, 22 new models in model year 22. Is that right, uh, Marty? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say depending on how you count them, there's at least
2: 22 new models. So yes, okay. that's that's correct. Um, just a, a huge another huge year or snowmobiles and models just across the lineup. And a lot of those models moving into that, into that matrix platform in various, in various different uh, configurations. Yeah.
1: Right. So let's, uh, let's start with uh, uh, the Indy series, I guess, which is kind of the, the, uh, the bread and butter series, I'll call it. And, um, you know, let's, we we can kind of just kind of briefly go through the, 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 the model lineup, the, the, the 120s are they're unchanged, and really, I think Polaris is the only one still making a 120. Is that is that right? Well, our in, our, our our shortest our shortest Indy outside of the 550 is now
2: 129. So yeah. when <laughs> we launched NDXC and BR1 last year, they were both 129s, yeah. and that continues into 22. So we have we have our NDXC that returned last year. It was called the NDXC Launch Edition. Um, yeah. that was the sled that was available in season and in factory choice. And that returns in model year 22 with little change, but the one big piece of news on that is uh, the shocks have changed to Fox QS3 shocks. So right. just hearing so from that customer about- that they're.
1: Yeah. Talk, talk to us about the Fox shocks. Uh, we rode sleds. I mean, a few years ago with the, the QS3s and, and we were blown away. I mean, they're just three settings on for the dampening, and definitely a noticeable difference with each setting. You can really feel it on the seat of the pants. So, um, and, and now this year, I know Polaris has had them in the past, kind of limited. Why the why the big move to QS3 uh, of this, this year on on those model sleds?
2: Yeah, just really focused on the customer in that in that category, and that in that customer that's looking for a performance sled that's just one easy to ride, like Matrix already delivers, but also easy to tune and easy to live with, and the QS3s fit that role really, really well. Rather than having a lot of different positions, and what we hear from our customers is some of them that don't, that aren't as in tune with um, setting up their setting up their suspension settings, get a little intimidated when you have 12 or 14 or 16 clicks if you have a lot of different positions maybe i got it wrong on one side and i have it different on one side than the other or i forgot where i was and the qs3s just eliminate all that so with fox qs3s we were able to i'll, I'll say simplify for the lack of a better term but really make it easy and make make anybody confident in, in trying the three different settings that are on those shocks so really it's, it's around giving the customer um an easier to adjust and less intimidating package on those NDXC's. And you'll see the QS3's in several places through our lineup
1: this year that I'll talk about as we go.
2: Yeah.
1: And again, the uh, the NDXC, it's available in a 129 or 137, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Okay. Lots Mm -hmm. of track options. The 550's. Um, Obviously, the 550 for me has always been a bit of a conundrum, but obviously, you must be selling a ton of these things that 550 is still in a a lot of models from the Evo up to the, you know, in 550 LXT, that type of thing. And if I understand right, you're going to start assembling the 550 motor in the States now at the engine plant? That's
2: that's from our partner, um, Fuji and that that's no longer the case it's now an internal engine so it's a liberty 550 in our liberty lineup of engines and so we own all of the all of the tooling and all of the parts for the 550 now and we will be assembling them in osceola wisconsin at our engine facility there so we're excited about that because it gives us the opportunity to have the flexibility that we may need for 550 volume and control over all the parts and pieces on it so it we're, we're really happy to have that in house, and mm-hmm. you know the 550 conundrum, as you say, you know people do wonder where those go and and who who buys 550s. And of course, there's the indie evil, which is a great entry level novice rider sl- or novice level sled. Um, but there's places in North America where 550s are truly the sled of choice, where people are looking for a simple sled especially in places where there might be low snow conditions. Um, you know, you get into northern parts of Canada where they ride late into the year, into the spring, and a lot of ice riding and those kind of places. Um, you know, that's the only, that's really the only type of sled that works for them is a fan-cooled, right, is a fan-cooled engine. So they, they love those 550, 550 sleds. But even all the way out through the Rockies and in the Northeast, people that are looking for, a lightweight, simple, inexpensive sled that has great performance and um you know, it was just easy to live with. The 550s do really, really well across all those areas. And what we'll probably see is now that we have we have own our own our own destiny with the engine and the parts is we will probably see that 550 both lineup and volume grow over the next couple of years. So we're excited to have that in house and You know, along with that new engine, we've refined the exhaust system a little bit so it's quieter and a little mellower to live with. Um, And then across the whole 550 lineup, there's a huge performance increase in the suspension. So last year, we moved a couple of our 550s, the Adventures, into a a Polaris IFP shock, so a gas-charged, aluminum-bodied, rebuildable shock which will now be across our whole 550 lineup. Uh, From EVO all the way through Indie Adventures and LXTs, all of our 550s will have uh, a high-quality, premium IFP gas charge shock, which is, I'm just super, super happy about that because our customers will really appreciate the the performance and the durability and reliability of those shocks. And the
1: the power block clutches that's on the, uh, I guess, Every 550 comes with the uh, the power block clutch, not a not a P85 clutch on them, right? That's correct. Yep. Yep. And, I, and obviously, I guess the clutches have been working uh, adequately for that motor, so that's that's uh, that's great. Next question. Yeah, another. I thought, um, yep. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say about the power blocks, It's
2: just um, that aligns really, really well with the simplicity of the 550 engine. They're very simple and have a lot of a very flat pinch curve and they make for a nice drive away and a nice simple long long duration or long
1: high durability clutch yeah. so the uh, adventures moving to matrix also and uh, um, well give us a little bit more what what's what's the matrix adventure give me over what I would have bought last year in the access chassis So the Indie Adventure in the Matrix platform
2: is new for us for this year. And really, it's all around bringing that Matrix platform to the Adventure customer. So very similar setup with the the added features that Adventure has had in the past, um, but pulled forward into the Matrix platform. So items like the Adventure Tunnel Bag with Lock and Ride Flex. So Lock and Ride Flex letting you take that bag off and on in just a second or two. So making the tunnel bag super easy to remove, take with you into your hotel room if you're on a overnight trip, just giving you the flexibility that Lock and Ride Flex delivers. Um, Along with that, it comes with the inside mirrors. So the integrated mirrors of the matrix platform and a century front bumper. So a little bit heavier duty front bumper if you're off exploring some. Um, Really just coming Set up for those high-mile or multi-day riders ready to go right out of the gate, and now in the Matrix platform with with the ergonomic package that that brings. The adventure comes with the same chalk package that it's on the Indy So the Fox QS3 is giving you super easy adjustment and a big big range between the three adjustments.
1: What type of rider would buy the? You know, would choose the, the the new Voyager in the Matrix with the I guess it's the 146 with the IGX suspension over the Adventure. Like, what what where, where would be the application? Like, what type of buyer? How is the buyer different between the Voyager 146 buyer and the and the Adventure buyer? Yeah, we those actually we see those as quite different as far as
2: where they sit in our lineup and who the customer is for them. So the adventure customer is really those high mileage riders. When you think about things like the RCA plug, ready to go for your heated shield and the big bag for those overnight rides and um, the wide front end and the inside mirrors, it's really around those riders that are are putting on big miles, want to take some stuff with them, maybe doing overnight trips or several night trips or even week long trips, giving them all of those options right out of the gate on their sled. And the, the Voyager rider, the 146 Voyager that we launched in the Matrix platform this year, is really the, the sled that does everything and does it all really well. And so Voyager, those customers, I, I, was, I was very enlightened when I started making trips to, to Quebec and talking to, talking to those customers in, up in those areas where snowmobiling is just truly a way of life up there. And a lot of those customers in areas where they're just living that snowmobile lifestyle, they might go ride with all their buddies on Saturday and then they might load up their family with a sleigh behind and two, two kids in it and a bunch of stuff for lunch and dinner packed on the back of the sled and go tow it into their cabin on Sunday. And then during the week, they might go ice fishing with the same sled. And then the next weekend they might get two feet of snow and narrow up the front end on it, and go ride it like a mountain sled. And it was pretty it was pretty shocking for me the first time I went to to spend some time in Quebec with those customers and just see people that are they want a sled that does everything and does it all really well. and they're they're very multi-dimensional, and that's really what that Voyager is all about. It's a snowmobile that's gonna do everything and do it all well. So it comes with features like a hitch already installed on it and a lightweight aluminum rack that still works with all of our lock and ride flex. If you want to add storage to it, it's got a 39 to 41 inch adjustable front suspension. And that was one thing that that got my attention, like talking about the Quebec trip is they were riding sleds that I might consider a trail sled. They're up carving side hills on them and climbing mountains in, in Quebec that are, you know, relatively big. and they're doing it all with. They expect one sled to do all of those things, and that's where Voyagers really, really stepping into the lineup and is going to do all of that
1: really well for that customer. Right. Yeah, I've always thought uh, when we rode them in Yellowstone a couple of years ago, uh, it was kind of a hidden model, you know, a kind of a. It was like a. It was like a utility mountain sled type machine because it, it was pretty nimble on, you know, for for riding a one ski and that type of thing. Yeah. It was kind of fun the first day of
2: in West Yellowstone yeah. the first day of Snowshoot, Chris Wolf um, wanted to go ride with one of the one of the magazines and um, the only all of our sleds were taken except the 600 Voyager and the and the ride was going on was all of the the big bump trail sleds so um, like our new XCR and VR ones and XRSs and. We had the Voyager, and he said they went and found the nastiest trails and went as fast as they could. And he was right there with them the whole time on that six fifty Voyager, not feeling like he was getting pressed at all. And it just speaks to the the versatility of that sled for sure. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: okay, Gord. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, Marty, um, no, no. These these sleds are available all in season, right? All like uh, there you don't have to uh, snow check any of these sleds. Well, the, uh, the, um, the
2: um, everything that we've talked about so far, I think that's true on. So, Indie XC and Indie Adventure, uh, yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, and um, we've got quite a few listeners in, in Europe. Um, are, are these sleds available in, in Europe, or have you got kind of a, a, a limited uh, lineup in uh, going to Europe? Um, there's a few. So, I models... think these Voyagers are, would be pretty popular. Yeah,
2: there's a few models that are not um but in the in the case of everything that we've talked about so far uh, for sure and as a matter of fact along with the voyager in in scandinavia we have a model that we we didn't launch in north america because it's specifically for our nordic customers and it's called a nordic pro and it's a variation on voyager that has a little bit more yeah. specific features directly for the for our customers in uh, in those nordic countries so Excited to have like a, a more specific sled for exactly how they want it,
0: how they want it configured. So that that's new yeah. for twenty two. Can, t- can you can you tell us what what it configure? I I, I would suspect a stiffer suspension, um, uh, maybe d- different calibrate uh, clutching calibrations. Is there anything else uh, um, specific the, the primary, that they the, they like? The
2: the primary differences are they push, they push that off trail side of a do everything. Sled further than our North American customers typically do, and they yeah, wanted sure. a bigger track. So on the on the Nordic Pro 146, there they've asked for a two inch track, and they also wanted it configured with the 7s display. So mm-hmm. for for 22, the Nordic Pro 146 that will be available only in the Nordic countries is uh, is unique there and it's going to be it's going to be equipped with a two inch track and a and actually a unique trailer hitch they have a different hitch system that they like more than than uh what we offer in north america and we give them the hitch system that works best for for their for their tollables
0: yeah yeah okay um yeah that's that's all i was i was, I was curious about uh, that um all right, Hal. Let's let's get into the big lineup, the indie the indie lineup, uh, which is pretty extensive. It looks like. <laughs> okay. So,
1: uh, well, I guess the big the big news, and you know, and everybody's you're probably going to snow check a gazillion of these this year is the XCR. Everybody was looking for it. But you know, it's at the same point in time. It's a, it's a turning point for Polaris because the the axe of the Pro XC rear end is is gone in 2022, right? So um maybe just give us a little kind of recap on the whole 10 11 year history of of, you know starting from the rush in 2010 that you know we couldn't wait to get on when those when those came to uh to the 2021 xcr switchback with the uh, pro xc and and now it's gone so um marty maybe just kind of let the listener know what the evolution of that was and why that decision was made to go 100 percent pro cc now yeah, that's uh it, it's fun to look back at
2: the at the history and the things that we've learned when we look at Rush and, and the Pro X D rear suspension and, and that throughout its life. Um, you know that that was some really awesome geometry for us for a long period of time and we learned a lot from it over the years too. And you know, as we can learn and build on those the geometries of our rear suspensions as we move through pro xc into the pro cc that we launched a few years ago now um, a lot of that carried forward so pretty interesting and I don't know if a lot of people know this but like the rear or the front torque arm geometry on a a pro xc and a pro cc are basically the same and where the rail geometry mounts and interfaces with that is basically the same so a lot of those geometries have carried forward the thing that the thing that we get with the pro cc um, as we've moved more of the volume into that and and now like you say I've moved away from the pro xc is the ability to couple the rear arm and control the transfer the way that we would like to control the transfer overall giving giving you that balanced feel that the sleds have um, that that's just the the I'd say the, the correct balance for our rear suspensions for the future comes through that coupled geometry. And so we had, uh, you know, we had sleds that worked really, really well in those Pro XE rear suspensions over the years. And we took a lot of those learnings and we pulled them forward into the Pro CC that we're riding today. And I, I think it's pretty interesting that the front half is very, very similar between the between the two um nearly the same and then the back half it's it's just really building out that ability to couple and control transfer and balance the way we need to moving forward so like you like you said Hal, we moved the the xcrs out of the axis platform with the pro xc yeah. rear suspension and into the and into the matrix platform with now the pro cc rear suspension and uh for our racers specifically and for our customers that like that that uh ditch banging hard riding type setup that comes with an xdr it gives us all the tools to let both those racers and those customers get the balance that they're looking for out of their sled and get the the right all of the right um capabilities if they want to change how their sled feels or reacts or or um especially in the race department looking for lap times um, gives them all the tools to make that work the way they need it to work. So that's kind of the lineage, you know, we, it, it looks like we no longer have the pro X E, but a lot of that has morphed into what is uh, a bunch of the pro CC rear, rear suspension geometry, which is pretty cool because that's, that's kind of how you always want to do it is continue to build on the things that you learn. And that's exactly what happened in this case.
1: So if I'm a uh, uh... And I did ride a, a model year 2020 XCR, which was a, a great sled um, in the in the access. What, what, what am I going to notice uh, if I'm a guy that wants to trade up or is looking at trading up and, and buying the, the Matrix XCR other than, you know, obviously the, the ergos and, you know, you can move around the sled a lot easier and that. But what, what else am I going to, uh, you know, feel in the seat of my pants or even, you know, squeeze the throttle the performance-wise? um on the uh, on the um, the matrix Xcr this year is there any yes. significant change for the rear suspension you know uh, going from the from the axis chassis to the matrix or anything geometry wise different front end anything kind of the subtle things that people might not see other than you know the four wheels on the rear suspension and uh, you know the the shorter pitch track and that type of thing.
2: Yeah. Um, so there's, like you said, there's a ton of detail all the way around the XDR. If you look at heavy duty parts and lots of pieces that are XDR specific, and a lot of that is to make sure that they're set up very close to what our racers need for cross country racing. But beyond that, the one thing that we've heard over the past couple years is that we were a little behind the target on what our customers were looking for as far as setup on XDRs, meaning that they they wanted them to to be set up a little bit more stoutly, they want to be able to hit stuff and and um, jump them a little bit bigger than we were maybe setting them up for, and so we've taken that to heart. And with the two-inch bodied Walker Evans Racing shocks all around on the XDR with high-low damping control, you'll find that the out-of-the-box setup on them is quite a bit more stout than it has been the last couple of years, and. We, Part of that, that is we can do that because we, with the positioning of the NDXC and then the VR1 as the ultimate trail sled, it lets us take that XCR and make it even a little bit more specific and a little bit more, um, we'll just say focused on that, on that heavy terrain use. So riders will immediately notice that it's, it's back to full XCR, it's set up ready to go for those hard charging riders. So that's, that's yeah. I think the first thing that you'll notice when you throw a leg over it.
1: That that's interesting. You brought that up because I had a model year 20 um, 850 XCR, and I actually found that the 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 shop valving and everything on it. It seemed to be a little softer than it was the year before. It was like it was you know it, it, it kind of toned down the the dampening in that a bit. So um, so if the if the 2022 is you know a more full on. Um, Cross country, you know, clone like you said. Then uh, hopefully a lot of people that are ordering it know what they're getting into because it's uh, you know it, it's not going to be that plush ride you're going to get with a QS3 shock or even just the the regular Velocity shock that was on the VR1. Is that is that right?
2: Yeah, we and
1: when we launched when we launched VR1 last year, you guys probably
2: remember me kind of hammering at home over and over that VR1 is a trail focused sled. And it's everything from smooth trails to rough trails, but it's trail focused. It, it's not it's not set up to go hit road approaches and run those ungroomed power lines at speed. Um, that's where the XCR steps in. And because we have the lineup with XC and then, and then the VR1 and then the XCR, um, you know, they stand side by side. And it's really, what are you going to do with your sled? Are you going to go pound the power lines and, and the ditches, or are you going to spend your time on trails that are either smooth or rough or beat out, but you can say, well, VR1 is my trail sled or XCR is my, is my power line sled. And it, it made it definitely easier for us. And it was direct feedback from our customers, from our riders that uh, they wanted it to be a little bit more hard edge. And that's what we did with it based on the feedback. And all the way back at the beginning of this conversation, you asked about social media having an effect on how things work and Yes, still some of our, actually quite a bit of our feedback comes through survey work and that kind of thing. But um, when you also see trends like people on social media talking about suspension setup, we pay attention to that too. So it, it's good.
1: So for people out there, uh, you know, Polaris is watching and they are listening, uh, um, you know, to, to you and, and watching <laughs> what's going on because there's lots of there's lots of information out there and a lot of people wonder what's fake news and what's reality. And, and, um, and it's good to see that Polaris, you know, listens anyways, um, which is the main thing that people want to, uh, you know, cause not everybody gets a chance to talk to a person like you, like uh, Gordon, we are right now. So that's great. Um, 7S display. Is it coming standard equipment on the XCR or do I have to order it as an option?
2: You, it is.
1: Let's let's back
2: up from that question just a little bit. Um, the the question about seven S leads me to think about the whole snow check, the whole snow check timing, and something that we launched this year called our Starfire series of sleds. So the Starfire series covers everything from trail to crossover to mountain, but it the Starfire series is really all about those sleds that live only in that snow check timing. So you can only get the XCR as a Starfire Series sled during snow check. So in the spring, between now and April 15th, I think it's the last day. Um, And most of those, well, I shouldn't say most, some of those Starfire Series sleds come standard with the 7S. So the Switchback Assault and, and the Indy VR1 are standard with the 7S. And then okay. other sleds like the XDR and our Matrix slash platform in the mountains, the 7S is an option that they can pick during their snow check order. So, okay. um, we we give the customers the option. Some of that is a little bit around on XDR. We have we have some racers that will be getting those sleds that just won't need the 7S. Um, yep. you know the experience you get with it after you've ridden with it. I'll be I'll be pretty surprised if. If we sell many without, just because the experience with the 7s is just so awesome once you've spent
1: a little time with it. The um, the uh, all the all the lock and ride bags and that the the tunnels they doesn't matter which whether it's uh and correct me if I'm wrong here matrix tunnel or the the models that are still in the access tunnel they all do they all fit or are they specific to the matrix? If if it's Lock and Ride
2: Flex, um, which is all of our new storage options, it's everything from RMK to Indy to Switchback to Voyager. Any of those sleds that are built on the Matrix platform work with all of our Lock and Ride Flex accessories. So the spacing is all the same and they're all set up to use any of the bags all the way to including the, the M2 seating system that works with the Lock and Ride
1: Flex. Okay, so all of that um, is interchangeable.
0: So in a, yeah, Marty, um, yep, go ahead, Gord. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, uh, Marty, the uh, the the Indy XCR. I guess you have a, a race edition. Um, it, now it, it doesn't really specifically say that it's just for racers. Like, can the regular consumer get that sled?
2: No, they can't. We're building a minimal amount of that sled. It's called the Indy Cross Country. And it's really fun. It's really fun for me because, you know, I I I did some cross country racing back in the day, and I was all around these sleds back in the early 90s. But the Indy cross country was really the genesis for the XCR. Back in the day, in 92, um, actually I think it was 91, was it it was called an XC 400, and it actually had a 440 engine in it, and it just said XC on it, standing for cross country. And then XCR came after that and so that's that's the route that we're taking it back to the Indy cross country is a sled that will be available through our race department for our cross country okay. racers and it's a okay. it's a okay. 600cc variant of a matrix platform sled
0: yeah it looks like a real hot rod
2: <laughs> yeah it's going to be it's going to be it's fun to have it out there that sled is set up the, the settings in it um, are straight from are our, our racers. So our Alex Satine's and Gabe Bunkie's that work at Polaris and Engineering in Roseau had, I mean, the settings, it much like our snowcross sled is ready to go snowcross racing, that sled will be ready to go cross country racing out of the crate.
0: So mm-hmm.
2: probably not for most of our customers um, that ride anything but a
0: cross country race. Yeah, okay. All right. All right, Hal, right. All right. do you want to do Let's let's move on to uh, the uh, the switchbacks. Um, yes. Um, yeah. Great great lineup there you have. Yeah. So the switchback assault returns for model year 22. Um,
2: basically unchanged. So standard 7s display and all of the all of the functional refinement that you got with matrix last year returning in switchback assault. four uh, track options across switchback assault. So just lots of different ways to build that sled out for how you're going to use it, but new in the switchback lineup for 22 is the switchback xc and really it's really around the same positioning that vr1 and xcr as though as those high-end sleds in the trail are to the indy xc the switchback assault is to the switchback xc so the same QS3 shock package it's not the same settings it's switchback specific settings but that same type of shock package on the switchback XC and it's giving our dealers and our consumers that shop in season the ability to buy a 146 crossover sled from us um, in season and just a little bit just a little bit pulled down in the in the feature package from a switchback assault so really excited to bring that to market for this year. Uh, some couple of great track options on that in, on that switchback XC, and just building out our lineup of crossover sleds.
1: And that's, some of the that's what we've seen. Yeah, go some ahead. Of the, uh, some of the, sorry Marty for interrupting. Uh, some of the people I've been talking to that are are looking to switch brands. Okay, um, they've been asking me about the about the assaults, and these are guys that uh, you know ride a lot of lake riding. Uh, but then they they'll jump on the trail. So maybe just to refresh everybody's memory, the IGX suspension, you know, they're they're wondering is that the way to go on the one forty four or or do I or sorry it's a one forty six. Does it have the tipped up rail at the back so that if I do some trail riding I'm gonna have that shorter turning the wheelbase that I do uh, yeah. on the one forty
2: four older older yeah, models? Yep. It's a little tipped at the back of the rail. So it makes the wheelbase feel just a touch shorter and uh, gives you just a little bit better turning on the trail. So it makes a really nice trail handling sled. Um, And then that 146 ability off trail. So, you know, the the switchback assault over the years has been just just a fantastically popular sled and has a great reputation. And I'd say, as we brought that into Matrix, we've just built on that reputation because Everybody knew it was a great on-trail, off-trail sled, but it was more focused or it felt a little more focused on off-trail. And we really didn't lose any of that off-trail capability, but we've raised its on-trail capability quite a bit as it's moved into the Matrix platform. And you'll see that carry through in both the Assault and Switchback. All
0: right. And and that's they're, they're, we better specify too. That's just 650 engines in the in the uh switchbacks. Um, both 650 Is and Is that correct?
2: Is correct? Yep, both both oh, and 650 both.
0: Okay.
2: And, 850 okay. and 850, and both switchback XC and switchback
1: assault.
0: Yep, they both go. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Okay. All right. Perfect.
1: Um, okay. I guess just a quickie on the uh well and on the Titans because we've got a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, people that listen to the the podcast up in in northern uh, Canada, the bike, they the, not the Viking, the Titan. So any any changes and 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 overall, how's the Titan, uh, uh, you know, been accepted? You've got two models, the XC and the Adventure. Um, and again, big twenty-inch track. We rode them up in Roseau. I remember a few years ago when they first came out, and they were. You know they're big. They're a big sled. So how is that taken off? uh, um, You know, for the for the company and uh, and what type of rider now is really buying those as as opposed to again? I'm going to go back to the Voyager. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I. That's a good question, Hal. And you know I talked a lot about the Voyager being a do everything sled, and Titan kind of has that same type of attitude, times two, right? Like it's do everything. Yes, it's big and yes, it's heavier, um, but it can go deeper and and further than just about anything out there. And I'd say overall for us as the business, Titan's been spectacular. You know, it really cemented its place as we like to the way we position it and the way we talk about it. It's it's like the ultimate crossover, and it really delivers that. You can trail ride a Titan at speed. You can ride it. Off trail, You can side hill it. You can do all those things and just not worry about getting stuck because it's got all that track. And, you know, over the years, um, what are we in? What are we in Titan? Five years now? You know, over the yeah. years, Titan has built a, a great reputation as a do-everything sled. Last year, we worked on it. And we invested in it. We heard from quite a few of our customers that the driveline NVH was just beyond what they we're willing to accept and so we invested quite a bit of time and effort to to lower the sound and vibration that you feel from the drive shaft and track system in it and the feedback on that has been really really good in model year 21 so we're excited to continue with that for 22 and and just continue to build out that that titan fan base i know that um when i go to rozo and go up to the northwest angle and spend any time up in the north part of the state people gravitate towards titan because they want to pull their fish house and they want to they want to take their family out riding and then they go do a hundred mile trail ride with their buddies and titan does all of that pretty well so
1: um
2: yeah it's built a it's built a good reputation and it continues to it continues to have a, a big fan base for us for sure
1: and again, it's the only sled now in the Polaris lineup with the the older 800 HO motor, the clean fire, right? That's that's the only machine you can that's, get that motor in. That's correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. It continues with the with the 800
2: HO motor. Yep. All
0: right. Okay. So I guess. Got to add. Got to got to add. Ken had one of those. Uh, yeah. this year howlin yeah uh, he it, it is a do everything sled that uh <laughs> he was using it for uh, the C, the C, the csra and he was doing everything with that sled nice. yeah, Right. setting up and pull pulling sleds and just everything yeah so they're, they're, they're pretty all right to
2: put to work for sure
0: yeah yeah they don't <laughs> complain
1: <laughs> right so, our, so, our, <laughs> we're gonna kind of we'll move on to K, which is i guess
0: the really ex- well, exciting news <laughs> um and you're so and you're so experienced in this in this uh yeah. right here. So. I am
1: not experienced at all in this. So.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is when you yeah. I, Gordon knows exactly the last I, time I was out in Yellowstone it was like
0: I'm done in mountains. <laughs> yeah, he he, <laughs> he, was, he almost refused almost go. almost almost refused to go.
1: Yeah, we were we were riding with uh, I think it was Dan Adams right,
0: and it was like oh my yeah. god. <laughs> So uh yeah, you well, got some you got some fantastic ambassadors uh, on on your team there.
1: Yeah,
2: oh we yeah. we we do we uh, our group between our ambassadors and our athletes um, we have a we have a great group in the west and even in the east um, in eastern Canada we we have just just a whole group of support and uh, awesome voices for our brand. And awesome voices for us to, to learn from. So, yeah, I agree. It's it's a really great group across the board.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How does that ambassador program work, Marty? Was that uh, was that something that Polaris came up with, or like what what what's the give us the, the for the average rider who, you know wanted to be an ambassador and maybe never got picked? What what does an ambassador do? Like uh, what what is their role? Well, I don't.
2: I don't have all the detail, but I'll give you my point of view on, on exactly you that as. and um, you know there's there's some details. they They work with our marketing department, and basically, you, on a yearly basis, you can apply to be a Polaris ambassador. and the 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 crux of it is, or the kind of the heart of it is,, um, These are these are people that are already Polaris ambassadors. They're they're already talking about their snowmobiles and how much they like them, and um, you know building the brand and building the sport. And a lot of our ambassadors are not necessarily just Polaris fanatics. A lot of them are snowmobile fanatics, and they happen to be a great brand ambassador representing our brand really well. And so we review all, all of those applications and and pick that group that supports our brand and the sport of snowmobiling overall, and just feels like the right voice for, for us. And their role is, is truly to do a lot of the things that they would already be doing and with some assistance from us. So, you know, if they want to, if they want to host rides or bring people together and get, get groups of people socializing, we help them with that. We help them set some of that up, and we help them with expanding their voice some. And so to me, it's really giving somebody that's already very much uh, an ambassador of our brand and the sport of snowmobiling a platform where they can be heard at at a higher level. And you know, for for the sport of snowmobiling and for the Polaris brand, I don't think there's anything better than what we do with our ambassadors because they, you know, those are, those are our customers and they're the ones that are out there, I'll just say, spreading the word for both our sport and our brand. So it's a really, really oh, cool yeah. program. And it is something that we came up with internally. Um, okay. Really, really from a conversation about how do we help these people have more of a platform for what they're already doing,
0: right? Yeah, Marty, I, I've noticed that most of the ambassadors, in, whether in, in all of the OEMs, they're most they're mostly mountain and, and crossover. How come we don't see any on the trail? And and um, just 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 curious on that part. They just said that they they seem to always be mountain riders. Well, we
2: actually have a lot of ambassadors that are trail riders. In the all the way through the mid- Midwest and in the East and in and in Canada, uh, you know, coast to coast. Actually, um, I think some of what you're sensing is a lot of our athletes are in the mountains, and some of that mm-hmm. I think is because that's a more athletic or more um, I'll say dynamic you know, filmable event in the case of mountain riding. We have, you know, an athlete in the East, one of our, you know, our our biggest athlete in the East is Levi and Levi does lots of cool and crazy, (laughs) crazy stuff that gets, you know, a lot of press and a lot of visibility. And that's awesome. And Levi is a great ambassador for our brand too, just super strong, super strong voice in the industry. But a lot of our ambassadors in the East are a little bit more, um, a little bit less visible, I'll say, because they're not posting a video of sidehilling, you know, some crazy rock drop or something like that, but they're out actually, you know, taking, hosting rides and taking people, taking people on group rides and hosting events and helping their clubs and being ambassadors for the sport of snowmobiling along with ambassadors for Polaris. So they're, they're probably just a little less visible. We have a bunch of of ambassadors that are in what we call the flatlands, or places outside of the mountains, for sure, and they have a they have a really strong voice in the industry and and with our brand.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So before we get into the RMKs, um what about the shows this year? Of, of course, all the snowmobile shows or most of them were were canceled this year. Um, is there going to be any opportunity for people uh, coming coming up um, in the next maybe month or so? to view the 22 model lineup that maybe, uh, you know, we have Eagle river coming up um, the snow cross. Um, is there any other events that people can uh, can view the 22 lineup and sit on them and, and check them out?
2: Yeah. The most, the most likely way to do that this year is we have quite a few sleds that are out circulating right now. And I've, I've seen them. Um, uh, you know, I don't know exactly what that schedule is, but our sales team is working with our dealer base to get those sleds circulated across, um, both the East and the West, and get them out there mm-hmm. so people can see them. In some cases, they're able to get them out on rides. Um, but in a lot of cases, they'll be at the dealerships over the next month or so, so people can get a chance to take a look at them and see what the differences are, sit on them, get a feel for them. Um, yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the small <clears throat> the small scale way of having the spring snow show is to make sure that our dealers have access to them. so, what I would advise customers to do is check with their dealer and see if they're if they're going to pass through with with the demo sleds or the sales team sled that we have that are out there this spring. That's going to be the the best way to get a to get a feel for them. I know that we'll have some. Um, I, I just saw that Jackson is on for racing, and that's that's exciting. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm sure we'll have some sleds at the at the hill climb. I think there's a. A limited amount of attendance is going to be allowed there, but working with all those kind of events also to make sure that if if it's if it's possible to, to get our customers around our, our 22 lineup, we're going to work hard to make sure that we take those opportunities.
0: Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I'm sure the people listening would wonder if how they can have a look for themselves. Okay, let's let's get into the RMKS and, um, and and talk about that lineup. And of course, everybody is is talking about this new engine you have, uh, uh, the the new turbo system. So um, let's let's talk about uh, the RMKS and um, and um, and go go through that lineup. Well,
2: I know you guys said you only wanted to do an hour podcast, and I can talk about RMKS
0: for about three hours. So <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a lot to talk about, yeah. and, and 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 how and how and you know. That that bubble that you see on, on cartoons over people's heads, you know, you know, with, with questions. That's how that's Hal and I right now. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: Marty, I'll ask the first question. When is the turbo coming to the trail? <laughs> that's what everybody's going to ask that. Already. That, yeah. That's a that's a fun question, Hal. I like it. <laughs> okay, so tell. Us probably not the, the first turbo. time
0: you heard that for sure.
1: Tell us about the turbo and, and what it's all about. It's been a long time coming. Well, yeah.
2: Let since you said it's been a long time coming, let's talk about that a little bit. We've been we've been working on turbocharging a two stroke engine since well, it's been it's likely been upwards of ten years. It's a it's been a long long project and a, and a lot of technology development, and a lot of innovation, and uh, you know, as you guys saw last spring, a lot of patents around how we. Went in and solved some of the real puzzle that that is um, associated with putting a turbo on a two stroke. And you know, over all of those years, we refined it and worked towards solving the issues that that really kind of stopped a lot of others from bringing that to market. And over the past few years, as we as we've honed in on how we how we can do what we're able to do. Um, It was really fun for me to be part of launching our Patriot platform back in 19, because you guys probably remember me standing up there talking about this engine and its durability and its big bearings and its big connecting rods and big crankshaft and these parts that are going to raise the level of durability in two-stroke engines. And as we launched our model year 19 Patriot, we knew what we were launching this year with Patriot boost and these these projects are huge and they take a lot of time and a lot of investment and a lot of people's uh, thought and innovation to bring this this kind of innovation to market and so it was fun you, you know Ricky and I were talking about it at the time you know almost a smirk on our face knowing that we're launching 850 and then following that up with an awesome 650 and then following that up with Patriot Boost it's just was really fun to have a platform that's allowing that to be built out on it. And when I look at when I look at Patriot Boost, really that was the genesis of the Patriot platform was we needed this platform to be able to do what we're doing with Patriot Boost. So that's kind of the long look at it as for years we worked on it. We really, you know, in that time we realized we needed an engine platform that can handle the level of power and performance that we're going to be asking for. And so that's where we were able to launch 850 and have that already be the architecture that's ready to go for boost when we launch that. And in that time, it was it was really all around solving what is the, the what I'll say, that the hang up or the reason that there hasn't been turbocharged two-strokes for a long period of time from manufacturers And I know our competitor launched a turbocharged two-stroke last year at a, at a power level that's, you know, quite a bit lower than this. And that's been possible in the aftermarket. And that's been possible in, in areas where you, you can maybe tune each one for the day and deal with the intricacies of a high power turbocharged two-stroke, but nobody's ever solved the issue that's the core issue with it until now when we launch Patriot Boost. And it was kind of funny because we had the timing is everything with patents and patent applications. And, you know, we had to launch or file all of our patent applications before we launched Patriot Boost. So those hit the airwaves last spring and people started to recognize that we were doing things substantially differently than what's happening out there in the industry today. And I really kind of got the buzz going on what's this going to look like and what what's it's going what is it going to deliver? And I think even with that conjecture, we still shocked everybody with the amount of power, control, and stability that we're bringing with Patriot Boost. And the puzzle that I talked about when we started down this conversation was really, it's all around combustion stability. And most people that have been around a turbocharged two-stroke understand that they have to be lean enough in in their combustion or in their mixture and in their cylinder pressure they have to be lean enough that they that they run good but not so lean that they that they detonate and cause durability problems and it, it becomes a very narrow window between when they're too rich and they don't run right and they're too lean and they detonate very easily as a matter of fact that window can be so narrow on higher power turbo two strokes that they actually overlap where it's too rich and yet it's detonating. And oh. as you crank the amount of cylinder pressure up and, the, and not not controlling the sound wave in the pipe and the pressure in the pipe to control that combustion stability, there's no way to get out of that. And what, what Patriot Boost and what we call the smart boost system really solved was it opened up that combustion stability window. So we have a lot of I'll just say distance for lack of a better term, but a, a large band that we can run that engine where it has the proper amount of fuel air mixture and the right cylinder pressure to have very stable combustion and not detonate and not be too too rich where it's not running right, all the way to the point where it has, generally, combustion stability that's as good as, or maybe even better than, in some cases, uh, our uh, unnaturally aspirated two-stroke. So, Patriot Boost and and the Smart Boost system and all of the patents that support that are really around solving that combustion stability issue so we can do things differently, like run 9 PSI of boost at 10,000 feet and make 10% more power at sea level than our Patriot 850 does. So we're talking power numbers that are really, really big here, and people are going to be – well, and now that we're getting the demos out there and more people on them – People are just pretty blown away that this is a factory offered engine with boost on it that is able to make this kind of power and performance from these parts, and just super exciting to bring that. And if you think about a team that's been working on something for ten years, you know how do you how do is hard to imagine how those guys feel to finally get it out there and yeah. let the let the let people see it,
0: right? yeah I, I, so we we obviously we obviously know the difference uh, the, the the advantages of, of the turbo boost in the mountains but we'll we'll, we'll circle back and ask you ask you again you, now you don't have to tell us about uh, future planning but could could this motor be used in the trail or or would it even be necessary i mean 850 motor is pretty darn quick as it is but could it be used on the trail to to uh, uh a, a good advantage, or is it? I mean, we know that we know what it does in the in the mountains for <laughs> you know elevation. But yeah, could it be used in the trail? Well, it seems like a reasonable question. And what I'll
2: tell you today is, Patriot <laughs> Boost makes 10% more power than our 850 down at the elevations that most of our flatland riders ride. 10% or more, you know, as you go up even a thousand feet, that's a couple more percent and a couple more thousand feet, and it's a couple more percent because it Patriot that engine um, Patriot Boost makes literally the same power from sea level to 10,000 feet, and it makes 10% more at sea level. So, could it be used at sea level? Yep, we're gonna sell we're gonna sell quite a few Patriot Boost RMKs to people that live at low elevation in Alaska and New Brunswick and Quebec, and they're gonna love them because they make a lot of power
0: mm-hmm okay perfect perfect um yeah, yeah just it could that, that question's being asked all over the place so just thought uh, <laughs> we better ask yep so let's talk about yeah let, let's yeah and, and and uh so let's talk about the the, the the rmk so what i've noticed is you have this new hot rod called the matrix slash this year let's let's talk about that because that looks like a pretty uh a pretty interesting uh uh, RMK, you have, and that's new this year.
2: Yeah, so we so we launched two platforms of RMK that are very similar, but a little bit different. And so Matrix and Matrix Slash are both on the Matrix platform, obviously. And the difference on a Matrix Slash is generally that the tunnel's shorter than the Matrix, and it's got a centralized cooling system. And the word Slash is really around slashing the weight and drag. So with the centralized cooling system on a matrix slash, um, if you can imagine, the the cooler ends or starts at about the rear of the fuel tank and it runs forward under the fuel tank and around the front close-off. And that does a couple of Mm -hmm. things. First off, it centralizes mass. And that's something that you immediately feel. You always hear us talking about balance. And really, balance is what makes a sled do what you want it to do. And we talk about our sleds being perfectly balanced, and I'd say matrix slash is the epitome of that. So it's got a centralized cooling system that's right basically underneath the rider, but the secondary effect of that is when you don't have coolant in the back of the sled behind the seat, you don't carry around any snow or ice back there because it's not melting the snow and freezing to the tunnel and suspension pads and running boards. It just becomes dry and free of snow and ice. So. Slashing the weight is really around not carrying around that up to 20 or 20 pounds plus of snow and ice on the back of your sled. And slashing the drag is really around having that shorter tunnel, no snow flap, tapered close off and tapered rear bumper to just make sure that the sled can always reach down to wherever there's traction or get going in that deep snow without any drag, allowing it to to do what we Kind of hang our hat on in the RMK world, which is create instantaneous lift, getting the sled up and on the snow as quickly as possible. So the lower drag, mm-hmm. the lowered weight, the centralized mass are all the pieces that make up Matrix Slash.
0: The,
1: the matrix. Okay, hey, Hal, you
0: got some questions on questions questions on the RMKs?
1: Well, the the other thing that I you know that I haven't seen the the centralized cooling setup. In person, but the other thing I'm really interested in is the is the new tunnel. So it's a one piece tunnel. Is the manufacturing of it uh, totally different than uh, than what is on the traditional matrix uh, tunnels, uh, Marty? Is it is it um, both, different? both made? Yep, yeah, both
2: the matrix and matrix slash in RMKS are both a stamped and bent, or formed and bent one piece tunnel. So that means that they're one big sheet of aluminum, and then. Um, There's a form die that puts form in them to add strength and rigidity, and then they're bent um, in a couple of spots, so we still attach the running board independently, but the the cooling system attaches to that one-piece tunnel. So the tunnel is one piece to the close-off, and then the close-off has a taper in it that tapers into the rear bumper, so that's narrower and tapered at the rear but the tunnel is built differently than in the past where our other vehicles have had more like a five-piece tunnel so they had a tunnel side and then the two coolers and then the center spacer that's all right. that that's all different in matrix and matrix slash rmks
1: so is this something that is gonna migrate to uh, to a trail sled down the road is that kind of Maybe the thinking here, or is this just a purpose-built mountain tunnel?
2: Yeah, I, w- I won't comment about down the road, but I can I can tell you that this was really purpose-built around how a mountain rider wants their their cooling system and configuration of their sled to work for mountain riding. So I wouldn't yeah. say there's necessarily um, a consumer need on trail and crossover sleds for a similar or the same design. But I'd never, yeah. I'd also never say that we wouldn't look at something that would work better for a trail customer, and and yeah. decide whether it's the right path forward for them. Also, so um, I mean, it, it's an interesting question,
1: but I would say it's specifically around mountain as it stands okay. today. Okay. One other uh, thing I noticed, uh, and I'll, I guess we, our time's running out here, but there, there's so much new on this. This 850 boost has got a. A clutch, a, a new clutch, a primary clutch, uh, right? Maybe you can just touch briefly on that. Um, I think it's got some ATV influence in it, but it's a uh, it's a new design. I think the is it on a spline, so you don't have to pull the whole clutch off the, the crank to uh, to do service on it.
2: No, it's not on. No, it's not on a spline. It's still built okay. as a as a one piece clutch assembly. Um, oh, but it is a new clutch for Snow. Um, P 22, so launching in model year 22 and exciting to have a new drive clutch out there, you know, generally Polaris clutches are known to be extremely efficient and very durable and you know, high quality parts. And we wanted to make sure that as we worked on a new drive clutch, we were delivering those same key tenants for our, for our new drive clutch. So the P 22, as you look at it, you'd see things like, um, substantially bigger um spider bushings and bearing surfaces and just parts that are going to make the make the the clutch more robust and more durable over time Um, but one of the one of the real key features on the p22 is it's got an idler bearing so the shaft that the belt would sit on when the sled is idling when the clutch is not engaged the shaft is on a the shaft is on a sleeve that sits on a bearing Which means that it eliminates the drag between the clutch and the belt. And when you eliminate that drag from the bearing, you can leave the belt tight. So the belt doesn't squeal or have to to sit on any moving parts. And what that does is, secondarily, let us keep the belt deflection completely tight. So on those Boost, on those Patriot Boost powered RMKs, there's not even a belt deflection adjuster screw in the driven clutch because the belt is, the, the driven is let um, to be adjusted as tight as it can, as tight as the spring will let it because the belt can be completely tight and eliminate all the, de- the belt deflection. And the reason we like that is because you're generally always starting in the lowest gear that, you're, that, that your clutches will allow you to start in, okay? meaning right. meaning that you don't have to eat up any of that belt deflection in the drive clutch when you engage the drive clutch so it lets you eliminate the belt deflection adjustment and always start in that lowest gear
1: for the best possible response off the bottom okay okay thanks for explaining that so there was some misconceptions uh myself and and uh, with others about that that new clutch design okay then the rest of the rmk lineup uh I see the 174 track is gone. Is that right?
2: Yeah, the, the 174 market, um, you know, it kind of took off for a bit and people realized that 155s and 165s are, well, especially 165s when you look at that, are just nearly as capable and much more fun to ride. And that market has kind of stalled out and we were just not getting many uh, dealer or customer requests. For those long sleds. So you're right, that's gone. Um, so if you look at the lineup, we have our matrix lineup. And let's talk about matrix, the RMK in the matrix platform, the non slash platform. Let's talk about that just for a minute. Um, so in factory choice, so it means our dealers can stock some of them, our, our customers can still snow check them. There's another variation of RMK in the matrix platform that is not slash. Um, it's still got that same wo- formed one-piece tunnel, so the same design, and the tapered close-off. It's about five inches longer than a flash, but it's about in comparison, it's about three inches shorter than an sorry than an Axis RMK. So being shorter helps that deep snow mobility, and the the drag eliminates a lot of that drag. And then it's got the same taper in the back of the tunnel that a flash does. Um, but the tunnel still covers all of the track, and it still has a snow flap. And one of the primary differences, along with a little bit longer tunnel, is it's got, a, it's got a centralized cooling system like Slash, but it's about eight inches longer than the Slash. So it extends a little bit beyond, or eight inches beyond, the fuel tank. And that gives it cooling capacity on the trail and in poor snow conditions that's very similar to what our SKS used to be able to deliver, so better than Pro RMK or RMK Chaos and the Axis chassis for cooling capability, pretty close to where our SKS was. So what it does is it gives you a full Pro RMK or or an RMK Chaos in that 155 length that's going to outperform anything we had with Axis, with that tapered tunnel and that centralized cooling system, um, shortened tunnel, all of the all of the matrix platform um, capability, but in a sled that's just a little bit easier to live with. You don't have to worry about it as much on the trail, um, don't have to be as diligent with your scratchers. So it gives you that that high level off trail sled with a sled that's a bit easier to live with um, on an everyday basis. And that, that's gonna be really a really good option for our customers that maybe used to get SKSs but wanted maybe the full narrow react front end and all the capability of pro, this this delivers that. And in places like, uh, again, Quebec and New Brunswick and even in the Northeast US where we sell a lot of mountain sleds in Michigan, um, people like to go find those off trail spots and go tear it up. It gives them a sled that's pretty easy to live with if you have to ride it on the trail some, but all of that off trail capability. So excited to have that in the lineup this year also.
0: <laughs> All right. Okay, Jordan. All right. Yeah. Just uh, we, we can wrap it up here, uh, Marty. But uh, let's let's talk about the uh, the lock and ride flex system. Um, is it is it? Uh, can you adjust uh, adapt this to uh, older model too? Is it like uh, the 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 fixed, the hardware's there and yeah. everything's available to mount it?
2: Yeah, you actually can. You can buy a, a mounting kit that will let you mount it on um, any of our sleds that have the T slot tunnel top. Um, mm-hmm. It just takes. It takes just a tiny bit more work because the mounting features are not pre-located if you have a a sled that has T-slots. So you just have to locate the pegs for lock and ride flex. So, you know, an extra 30 seconds or a minute when you're getting it set up the first time. All all of those lock and ride flex accessories are all of the same spacing. So if you look on an RMK or if you look on an Indy or if you look on a switchback, the spacing and the placement of those, of the pegs that let you lock that let you mount lock and ride flex are all the same across the board. So once you have it mounted on your sled, whether it's a whether it's an older access sled or one of our new matrix sleds, once it's in place, you can use all of those di- different accessories that have that spacing. And w- the way we reference it is kind of one one space, two spaces, or three spaces. And we have bags that are different sizes that that cover. A different portion of the tunnel top and you just have those mount pegs where you need to snap your bag your bag on or any other black and white flex accessory and they just snap off and on and are interchangeable that way
0: mm-hmm. okay perfect okay that's that's great uh we, we can wrap it up here uh first uh, marty i want to i want to add i had an opportunity to look uh, a lot of photos of uh of the uh how you guys uh uh, got everything inside that very narrow bodywork of 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 the the matrix we, along with the, the 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 turbo and I tell you, your team did an amazing job of getting everything in there it, it's a beautiful it's it's like artwork the way everything is just nicely in there like i, I i'm a i'm a ex assembly person myself so i uh, i admire the that type of engineering is uh how you got everything in there in that uh, little bodywork so you're yeah, doing fantastic
2: it, it's kind of it's kind of fun that You know we didn't have to change the body work for patriot boost and yeah since you bring that up what i talked about a lot as as we launched this and talked to our press and and dealer partners is i was calling it elegant integration and i and i think they really did a Mm -hmm. fine job with that and i agree with you i mean big kudos to the team for that um the, the other part of that is you know because it was all engineered to work together that's how you end up with a system that looks that clean and that neat is because it it was designed and, and built specifically for that purpose. So it makes yeah. it fun. yeah you're right it makes it really really clean and nice.
0: It's beautiful yeah just the, the side panels off it just whoa and just everything is just nice and tight and <laughs> just looks nice and clean so appreciate great that. job appreciate
2: so. that from the team that invested their blood sweat and tears in it.
0: Yeah so. Okay, Marty. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a lot of information. And, uh, my, my readers, uh, my uh, listeners, uh, they, 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 want more of this stuff, uh, uh just a r- real, you know, honest information, um, you know, about, about a sled that they may be purchasing. So, uh, there's good information, uh, how they can, uh, how they can order their sled. And, um, you yeah, know, we really appreciate, uh, the, the time you give us and, uh, you know, uh, um, like I said, great, great job this year on, on those new sleds. And, um, uh, uh, we can we can add again. What uh, what is the uh, the snow check uh, uh, dates again, so everybody knows that
2: the the dealer can get a snow check in. So the fifteenth would be a really good date okay. to aim for.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, All right, Hal. Let's say say goodbye and uh, yeah. we can uh, just let Marty go and have dinner. Yeah. Just one one
1: question on the snow check, Marty. Okay. The, there's if, if people if it's not too late. Like, here we are, March, what is it? Today is March 10th, or March 11th. All of these models are still available to Snowcheck as of this point in time. Like, there's no machines that have been sold out already or this type of thing you're hearing uh, online. If you still want to order an XCR, you Snowcheck one.
2: That's correct. Everything but Patriot Boost. I hear that our dealers have sold out of their allocation of Patriot Boost engines but everything else is available um okay what i can tell you is snow is really really strong and people are excited for the model year 22 lineup so um my suggestion would be to get in early for sure right i think you're alluding to might we might we run out of some models along the way and um you know that that would be i i guess a pretty spectacular event if it happened but i wouldn't you know in the in the times that we live in i guess that wouldn't preclude that from being possible so yeah that's to get in early for sure yeah
0: okay. yeah for sure the sales sales have been crazy this year so but uh, that's good so all right marty well thank you very much and uh, much appreciated and uh, you know uh, you know have have a great remaining of the of the year and uh, you know we look forward to uh talk to you in the future
2: well, I appreciate the time, guys. It was fun talking to you. And, again, yeah. have a great night. If anything else comes up or if there's some, something else we want to cover, always feel free to give me a shout. Okay. Okay.
0: Huh? We will do that. Thank you very much. Marty Sampson you. from Claris Industries. Nice Thank you, you very much. Hi. Take care.